Let's go. Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today we have John, the Mortgage Smith on our show. John's the team leader of the Mortgage Smith team. Uh, He's out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and he's just crushing it, man. So I just uh, thank you so much for being here, John. And uh, yeah, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Luke, thanks so much for having me. And I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Um, Yeah, just, you know, loan officer for just going on, on over 20 years plus, you know, dad to two awesome kids, uh, got an awesome wife, uh, had the one in original, <laughs> the whole married life. So, uh, nice. life is great. And of course, um, yeah, after being in the business this long, just being able to build it up really where I want it, uh, be able to attract and connect with people great like you, you know, it's just been a huge blessing to me. So yeah, life is good, man. Business is great. Awesome, man. Awesome. That's, that's good to hear. And, and obviously I love hearing that that business is good, but, um, you know, we, we both know that that business isn't always good and, and, and there's always the ups and downs. So kind of take us back a few years, take us back to kind of what this journey has looked like for you over the last, you know, now 20 years, right? What, what, what has it always been easy, right? <laughs> no, man, for sure. Definitely not. I mean, when you've been in the business, as long as I have, uh, you know, there's those, those, that group of people that when you say words like 2008, 2009, I mean, they just either cringe or they just sort of get- <laughs> have erased it from their mind that uh, it's so, so dramatic. So, um, I mean, those were dark times, man. Those were sure. For sure dark, dark times that today I never thought Luke, I never thought there would be a day in which I would be, have some, be grateful for the lessons I learned there. I mean, cause those were dark, dark, dark days, man, almost t- tore my family apart, my marriage apart. When you're in that kind of financial pickle, man, that kind of darkness, you just, you think you're not going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And now those, I appreciate, I, I mean, it's hard to even say that word appreciate because there were some painful things and oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy to get into, <laughs> into that because I'm, I want to share to people know that story, man. Sure. But there was some dark, painful stuff that now today has absolutely made me a better person, made me a better leader and has made me more bold and courageous than if I didn't go through it. Well, and I'll, I'll talk on that a little bit myself because I agree with you there. I look back at each of these hard times that, that, that you know, and they are hard times, but I look back at them and each of them, they're so pivotal in the, the growth of, of me as a person and, and the business and all that stuff that uh, you almost look at it with gratitude, right? Like I'm glad these things happened. Obviously going through those things is not, not awesome, but in retrospect, those are all things that build you up and, and form you into the person you are. And so I, I love that you said that, man, it's, it's important, right? And I think loan officers, uh, you know, and, and people in general just need to realize that, that hard times are really opportunities to grow as long as you see it in that sort of light. Right. So again, man, thank you so much for sharing and uh, talk a little bit more about that, man. So you went through that 
Uh, talk about how you went about rebuilding your business uh, to kind of where you're at today. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's where I, so I was in Michigan at that time. I mean, this is 2009, like we're talking about 2009. I'm, at that time, I've already been in the business for 10 years. 2009 is I'm working at a small community bank. And where it's why it's important part of my story is because I worked at a small community bank and I thought I had a really great gig, Luke. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a good job. I was going in, you know, nine to five. Uh, the board members were referring me business. The, the people coming into the bank branch, I was the head loan officer. I mean, I thought I had a great gig and I I did in when viewing it that way. And then, as I said, as a small community bank, when the the storm of 2009 came rolling in, it's a small uh, branch. And next thing you know, at the sales meeting, the CEO walks in and the CEO didn't come to the meetings. And Uh that was our notification. It's all done, guys. We're done. And um, I have two children, two boys, you know, and they both have special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, they both have special needs. And so I'm blessed and grateful that, you know, there's mom at home while I'm out there working, trying to bring in the dollars uh, financially sure. to keep things together. And so for me to come home in the middle of the day, my wife is like, you don't come home in the middle of the day. What's going on? Let her know I'm laid off. And um, those bring tough times, man. Those bring darkness. Mm-hmm. Sure. And those things, like I said, bring financial strife to a marriage and relationship. And you question as, you know, what, what are you doing? I mean, you're, you're failing. And so, um, a lot of lessons, like I said, now, and some, again, words of appreciation and gratefulness can finally be said after a, a decade. But sure. my point is, at that time, then it's 2009, I'm out, out of work, collecting unemployment, um, got a family that needs me, and we literally just trying to figure out a plan. So we packed up our whole world, everything that we could, and we decided to move to Charlotte, North Carolina, where I use a phrase that I say I knew so few people. I didn't even know a stranger. I mean, there was nobody here in right. Charlotte, North Carolina. People were like, was there family? Was there some friends? Was there some connections? We just looked at it like we can either starve and freeze in Michigan or we can starve and at least we won't freeze in North Carolina. <laughs> um, and so we came here without anything. And I knew I had to hustle and I had to do things next level because just the way it was going on, uh, still 2009 and challenging, even though I felt I was in greener grasses. Um, I had to quickly do something that nobody else was doing. And so the two things at that time, Luke, that I did is I poured into video marketing. I Mm -hmm. poured into video marketing. Um, uh, The social media in 2009, 2010, Facebook was still kind of like, man, younger, hipper kids. But, you know, it was just bubbling for everybody else, if you will. Um, And so I was I was trying to adopt that. But I was with a camera shooting a weekly video. And spamming it out, I'll admit, I was spamming it out. I mean, if I got an email list, I was spamming. I had to do what I had to do sure. at that time. And so I'm spamming out, and I got my vehicle, a Jeep that I had. I got my Jeep wrapped because I wanted to show up as the authority. If this guy's got his Jeep wrapped. All in, right? I'm all in, exactly. And that's where then that was uh, where I showed up on the doorsteps of Charlotte, and it's been the best decision. I look like a genius in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And, and, and if you would have known, you know, then it probably would have been a much easier decision, but uh, obviously, obviously retrospect or whatever is hindsight's 2020. Right? right. So, you know, now you look back, you're like, wow, that was a great decision. But at the time, you know, it was, it was super scary. And so I think that's important to know because I think a lot of times, you know, people go through tough times and, and there's this desperation, there's this, 
uh, feeling that you're never going to get out of that. And, and you can feel those things even when good times, like, you know, I even had a, a time last year when I was kind of trying to build the team and I just felt desperate. Everything was breaking. Everything seemed to be going wrong and I was desperate. And so, you know, you can go through time, bad times, even when you're having good times too, but obviously it's, it's, it's harder when you're having, you know, bad times compounded with, you know, no money, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it does, it can cause huge, huge strain. And, and it's crazy that you started doing video marketing at the time, right. With, with and not a ton of people are doing video marketing. I mean, even now, you know, video marketing is, is, is humongous and so many people are so afraid to do it. I mean, myself included, uh, I need to do more video marketing, you know, yeah. putting out more content there. And it's just, it's, it's kind of scary. It's kind of like, okay, well, what is people going to think about what I say and all that kind of stuff. So talk a little bit about how, you know, that felt starting out back then. Well, like I said, I was, I was, um, like I said, two children with special needs. Mom has to be at, at home. I drag her away from everybody and every person she knows and loves to down here, Charlotte, North Carolina, where we know nobody. Um, as I said, not to continue to go to that point, but that's where, I, I mean, you always hear about a, a panic attack, Luke, you know, but I've never experienced, and I had my first like legitimate panic attack on the front porch just after a couple of weeks of going and going, what am I doing? I don't know anybody. I don't know anything. What did I just do? I made the biggest mistake. I mean, when you have those, you don't feel like you can even get air. I was, you know, flipping out. And sure. so my point is though, what I did though, is I said, I just have to do something different because the norm wasn't going to work. And so video marketing and I mean, I'm spending our la my last dollars getting my vehicle wrapped. <laughs> I'm spending right. my last dollars in a camera and, you know, putting everything I can on a credit card and a camera and speak and lighting to do video. Um, I mean, I just, I just was like, I got to do it. So it was a matter at that time of more of like, I got to do it and I'm going to be all in. And I would blessed to say it was the springboard. Um, it didn't happen instantly by no means, by no means, but even though it was spamming and I get, I would never necessarily recommend anybody to spam it. But if I went to a real estate office and I got to know an agent, whatever I was talking about, how can I get that list? Or if I could get a list and I, I was going to websites at that time, you know, now they pull it off. But at that time they would have their email address, their phone number. I'd spend hours taking email addresses and putting it down and, and, and Good. I, I went all in, man. That's called, that's called cold email. That's not called spamming. They're business owners. <laughs> that's, you know, Hey, there's no hate there. I, uh, I can't say that I haven't done any cold email in my, in my time doing this marketing thing. And I'm sure, you know, as a loan officer, you, you've received your fair share of uh, cold emails or, you know, yeah. you can call it spam. You can call it cold email. In my opinion, hustlers are hustlers. Like, let, you know, let, let them be. And, and it, it clearly works, right? Like there's, there, it's a small percentage that works, but it's just like cold calling, cold emailing, you know, those things work, especially when you're, when you don't have money, right? Like yeah, right. Th those are all t strategies that you can use when you, you have more time than money. Um, and I love that, man. So, you yeah. know, so, so you're spamming, you're spamming away. Yeah. Uh, what, what happens next? Well, next, you know, I started getting some recognition, uh, going, I was really then hustling to doing kind of a lot of traditional things still at that time, going to open houses. And I started mm -hmm. getting recognized. Like I said, if I walk into an open house, I got the business card, I put them on that list and I started cold uh, emailing them. Um, and I started getting then recognized. And then I started using the platform, this new little platform called, you know, the Facebook or whatever sure. <laughs> um, at that time and doing that. And I did get a lot of criticism at first of like, oh, that's uh, whatever those kids use that. It's not a serious business sure. platform. Uh, I remember now it's so funny of hearing all that, but I went all in on that and I started getting recognized and started getting some business and um, did that for a you know, good handful of years. And then quite frankly, to really get where the, the juicy part of the, the story is, is I got burned out, man. 
I got burned out. I was having some success. It's turning it around. I'm supporting my family. I'm turning into a pretty good producer, but I was just doing the same thing over and over and over. And I, and I didn't feel fulfilled. And I sure. also was feeling burned out that my capacity was only so much I could do. And maybe I could push myself another 20%, another 25%. But what does that mean to what I have to sacrifice? And so um, I was sharing that with a uh, kind of just a mentor, a person that's in the business that really you know, knows his stuff and is doing some great stuff. And I was having a conversation with him and he knew what I liked and what I enjoyed and the video marketing aspects and the marketing. And he was the guy that said, you're going to stop writing loans and you're going to write a book. And I was like, what are you talking about? I make a lot of money. I'm just getting burned out. But I was like, I make a lot of money, so I have to keep doing it. And right. he was like, no, no, you're going to transform how you do it and how you attract business to you. You're going to stop with the origination and you're going to write a book. And then you're going to start calling offices saying you're an author and you want to come in and do a presentation of the top three tips in your book of the chapters. And you're going to attract business instead of like, uh, you're going to be proactive, attractive instead of like reactive going, Hey, can I get some business? And, um, I was like, yeah, I'm in man. And I did. And, you know, wrote a book and that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was like I said about three, three and a half years ago now. And, um, that became very set me apart as well too. I'm doing videos. I'm in having social media. And then all of a sudden I'm showing up places and I got a book and then I started, did getting, um, request to like, Oh, can you be a part of our next sales meeting and do a little part of it? And so that really changed the perspective on, I was looked instead of just being looked as a loan officer that does loans. I was looked as more of a teacher and a leader that could bring this different level of value. And, and, and that's incredible because like, it's, it's, I was about, to, I was about to start writing down all the, the things, the trends, the trend setting things that you did, right? You did a video, social media when it was early, you wrote a book, right? So all of these things are ways that you have set yourself apart from the average loan officer out there. That's, you know, cold calling Florida realtors on, on Mondays, right? Like, and again, nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, no, no shame in that, especially when you have more time than money. But, mm -hmm. um, I, I love to hear that you you're doing all these different things over the last whatever, you know, 15, 20 years that, that have, that have stood outside. And, and this is why you've been able to attract people to you. And, and there's that, there's the, the, the push versus pull sort of effect, right? So when you're doing cold calling and cold emailing and things like that, you're trying to, to push, push, push to get stuff. Whereas like when you start doing this sort of content marketing videos, uh, books, there's this pull effect because you've, you've established yourself as an authority, uh, and an expert in the space. And, and there's an instant credibility that, that comes with writing a book, right? Like right. people don't write books. Right. So, so there's that instant credibility that, Oh, you're an author. Right. Oh, you, you're the guy that does those videos. Right. Like, and so, um, you know, plus, plus from the video perspective, you are personalizing yourself as well, because, you know, that's how, that's how you're able to, to show your, uh, your true self a lot of times is you're able to just you know be yourself on camera. Um, so that's awesome, man. And, and I know, uh, you, you know, I know there's other things that you do too that are a little different, right? I mean, I know, I'm pretty sure you have a podcast as well. Yep. So a podcast, uh, Charlotte, I used to call it Charlotte Real Estate Buzz, and I changed it to Real Estate Insiders because I started interviewing uh, agents outside of Charlotte. Um, so yeah, the, the, the podcast. And that was, again, too, a thing that brought me a lot of, <laughs> maybe it's a real <laughs> perception. Maybe I should give my more cre myself more credit, but um. Um, when I started doing podcasts and interviewing them, all of a sudden, and I'm going to use the example, you can probably maybe roll your eyes, but all of a sudden I'm the Larry King, you sure. know, and there, and Larry King is, you know, has the credibility of, even though he's the guy just interviewing, 
he's Larry King, you know, he, right. he, he's something. So again, that teacher, that authority position, the podcast just enhanced that whole uh, part of it. And I always call, of course, you know, John, the mortgage Smith. And I wear my t-shirts with John, the mortgage right. Smith, my hats with John, the mortgage Smith. So as part of my brand as this teacher, as, as this person, and it's interesting, Luke, what also happened in that process is I was getting confused. Uh, people were confusing me of, of who I was and what my brand, even though I'm calling myself John the Mortgage Smith, um, I was talking a lot like a real estate agent. You know, again, my original podcast was Charlotte Real Estate Buzz, and then right. it turned into Real Estate Insiders, uh, running Facebook groups. You know, the groups that I have are real estate related because this is the audience I want to attract. Sure. And so I started getting some stuff from people that would reach out to me and connect with me. And they literally would say, oh, I didn't know you were a loan officer. I'm like, really, John the Mortgage Smith? And they're just like, yeah, but you don't sound like a loan officer. And uh -huh. Instead of, they wouldn't necessarily, like nobody watches a four-minute video, right? Right. So they wouldn't necessarily, it was interesting, it was less than like, you know, they wouldn't listen, but they would hear, you know? So right. they would just right. say, they would hear what I was talking about. But even though I said John the Mortgage Smith, they didn't hear that. They would listen to the tone of it, and they thought I was a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I'd say John, the mortgage smith, they would like, Oh, you're right. And that was happening quite a bit. And some even agents that I worked with, um, before I kind of really ramped that brand up, I had some agents and I, and I was more hands-on. And then when I developed this, even a couple of them, I reached out to them like, Hey, we haven't done any business in a few months. You know what, you know, what's going on? Anything I can help you with? And they just said, it looks like you're going another direction, John, because again, Luke, they said, and some of them that were really honest with me, they said, you don't sound like a loan officer. You, you know, I expect the loan officer to talk to me about loan programs, give me flyers, um, you know, talk about, you know, call me on Monday. You, you don't do all those things that a loan officer does. So therefore, you must not be a loan officer. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It is funny. And it is a very real thing that I had to go through as I continued to be very committed on building my brand and being that voice, because yeah, if you want to push to be a leader and attract people, first of all, you can't be a leader unless someone's following you. Right. Sure. And to attract people and to, to, to lead them um, uh, uh, to line, you have to have a powerful message. You have to have a powerful brand and you have to be very committed to it. And when I, really even took my mindset to another level of like, I'm going to be committed to be authentic and real and genuine and vulnerable as well too, and tell people my issues and problems. Then I started attracting the people that I wanted to work with and the people that did go away. Cause maybe they thought I, I wrote it down. Like you said, like they thought, Oh, who does he think he is? Right. Who does John right. think he is? You know, what, what does he think? He's some real estate. He's not a real estate agent. You know, what, what does he think? He's a mindset guru. What, what, who does he think he is? Sure. I just said, I'm not going to listen to that. I don't care. I'm not going to listen to that. And I'm, and, and those people I did alienate and the other, and then I started attracting a dip, you know, a different group of people that aligned with it. And, um, that's been awesome. That's been an awesome experience. Well, that's, that's a beautiful thing because, you know, it, it's, it's truly, you know, and it's funny because we brought authenticity up on, on a lot of these podcasts, actually. And it's funny because it's, it's somewhat of a buzzword, but the reality is the true meaning behind vulnerability and authenticity is is really, truly how you're going to reach the right audience and how you're going to start attracting the people that you want to work with. Because ultimately, be, you being yourself, people are attracted to people that are similar to them, that have similar likes, dislikes. 
you know, and so, and so the fact is that people also don't want someone that has a perfectly manicured lawn, right? Like, you know, if you have a, all, all you ever talk about is all how perfect your life is. And you never talk about the hard times. They're like, well, well, this person's, you know, this person is just outside of, you know, he's just perfect, right? Like he has nothing. So I, I don't know if I can really, you know, truly be like him, but when you start talking about the hard things, you're like, oh, this is just a normal dude. This is a, another, another normal person. Like, I could do business with this guy. Right. And that's, that's like, a, that's a hugely uh, important thing when you're using organic type marketing or authority type marketing, because really you're just being yourself. And I think that's important because you have to be authentically you and not, not fake authentic, which is why I think that's, that's such kind of a buzzword because people talk about it all the time. And then yet they per- portray this persona that is not actually who they are. So they're different in public than they are in private. But if you're the same in public as you are in private, there's not that misalignment and incongruence that's going to happen. Um, like a lot of times you see with, with people, right. That are trying to create this persona online. And yeah. so I love, I love that you've done that, man. And, and I, and I love the way you've, uh, you know, kind of approached that. And, and, and I think it's huge. I mean, I would, I would say that you've probably, you know, brought in a lot of business because of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I absolutely think so. I think people that have, that it resonated with because they resonate with the authenticity and the genuineness of it and the, the, the step away from the, trying to put on your best picture um and i and that's hard luke i mean right. i don't want anybody to listen to this and be like what man that, that's hard you have to find your voice you have to go through it don't so listening to this that would be really easy to say oh just do this do this and you go well my life right now is hard and i'm going through you know this challenge or this challenge and what am i supposed to talk about this negativity and i get that because I, I can absolutely tell you that i go through those steps i still have those fears i still have anxiety man Absolutely. Shoot. Heck yeah, yeah man. I still Massive. got anxiety. I still have fears associated with it every day. And, um, but, uh, but an important thing for me, and this is probably just like, and we've talked about this in the past before Luke. Um, and I've really adopted it, man. I get up every day now at five 15. Mm. Um, I used to get up a little earlier, man. I think you get up at like four. So man, I can't. Well, do- no, no, I'm, 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 I'm about five fifteen, five twenty five now yeah. too. So, so, there was a time that I was up, I was up at five, four forty five, but yeah, that, that, that didn't last very long. It's five so. fifteen, and and I don't mind, and 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 I don't like jump up going, woo! I love getting up at five fifty. I mean, who yep. loves getting up? I mean, if you do, you're that, you're that exception. You're not the rule. Yep. I mean, when the alarm goes off, whatever. But I, but I know all the stuff that I've got my body in a habit of doing it, I'm going to come full circle in a second is now I feed my body, I feed my mind, I call it. And I'm sure I probably took that from somebody else. So it's not anything original me. But now I just do I go in the gym, and I get up and I go into the gym. And when I go work out, I don't listen to music, which if you want this music, knock yourself out, I would prefer to listen to music, I would prefer to, but I don't because it's my opportunity that time frame. And I got up for at 515 for crying out loud, when I didn't want to, <laughs> to, to do that. And, um, and I only do it Monday through Thursday. I take Fridays off. It just is my kind of whatever treat Love to it. myself. So I don't want to, anybody like, oh gosh, it's Monday through Thursday. You're doing it seven days a week. What? Yeah. I, I, I want anybody to be like, oh, I can't do it because I don't, man. I want, I'm not perfect. So I do it Monday through Thursday and I feed my body by working out and I feed my mind, listen to podcast and I listen to mindset and growth, stuff like that. And then I get out of the gym, go right home, pick up my son, take him to school. And as soon as I'm done with school, I turn on Facebook Live. And what I usually comes out of my mouth is what I listen to that day on my podcast. And I'm just reforming because I bullet point two or three things down and it just flies out of my mouth. Yep. And um, so I keep, you know, and, and I always push that to, to go to, I always push to be as authentic and real as I can. But no doubt, I'm not going to 
talk about, you know, the argument that my wife and I got into, you know, how I right. disappointed my son because <laughs> I didn't do something for him. And I'm not going to talk about the negativity. So that's when I get, if, if, if you go, well, geez, John, these are my challenges in life, man. In the end, it's got my mindset, those things that working out gets my endorphins going. It feeds my mind. Those things are snapping on all cylinders. And I'm able to then articulate a very genuine, authentic message that still has a humbleness, I think, to it and has a I'm not perfect. And um, and, I, and I even tell people I try to get as authentic and real as I comfortably can. And that is a personal thing. As the more I do it, the more aggressive I will get lean into it. Sure. And maybe someday I'll talk about how, you know, I always hated my da 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 da. You know, you know, I, I don't know, you know, but that's not real, by the way. But but I mean, I, I don't know if you need to do that because you don't need to stay in the negative, right? To right. Convey that message. I feel like I'm rambling a little. No, bit right no, now, it's, it's 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 perfect because um, I, I agree there, and and it's funny because there was a there was a time I was working with a mindset coach, and one thing that I had uh, I had talked about, I was like, well, you know, like sometimes I do authenticity, blah, 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 but then like when I'm going through things and, and it's good, it's like, actually, you don't want to necessarily be talking about things as you're going through them. It's something almost as a reflection that you can use. And that's where you can be more vulnerable and authentic with some of the things that have happened that have been bad, because you can look back and see, here's the lessons that I learned from going through these things. Instead of like, as you're in the midst of it, trying to like, you know, talk about things that that you haven't really processed yet, you know? And, and, and so I was able to come to grips with the fact that like, I can still be authentic and, and still be my true self without having to talk about the hard things I'm going through today. Like maybe I talk about something that happened six months ago or three months ago that I've moved past that I've learned the solution to, but it doesn't have to be those, those hard things that you're talking about. Like you said, I just got in an argument yesterday with my wife and <laughs> yeah. you know, and you're like trying to go through that. Like your wife's going to be like, the heck, why are you talking about this on a Facebook live? That's not right. cool. You know? Right. right. Um, and so, and so that's, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. And, and I love that well, because it's you important. You said two man. things, Luke, you said two things. You said stories and lessons. And I think that's great to, to just kind of hit on again, if anybody's listening, you tell it in a story, you tell it in a lesson you learned, then there's a huge win in that. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's what that's what it comes down to, right? Is you, you um, and, and I talked about this earlier, one of my uh, sort of affirmations is uh, problems are opportunities to grow, right? Or obstacles are opportunities to grow. Because if you view everything that happens to you as an opportunity to grow, like anything bad that happens to me, I'm like, okay, that happened or happens within my business. Okay. That happened. How can we fix that? How can we avoid that from happening in the future? How can we make the process easier? How can we make the journey for our clients smoother and, and more, um, and, and a better experience, things like that. And I think that's something that, you know, something breaks within your process, you know, you're submitting a loan, something happens. How do I, how do I communicate better with the client? And so just using bad things or, or, or things that you go through as an opportunity to grow and expand and become a better uh, human being is, you know, if you don't do it that way, then like, you know, it's just hard to get through life if you, if you can't yeah. view problems because problems pop up all the time. Well, that's a perfect segue, like you said, of how do we do it through work and, and how do you have a better experience with your customer and your clients and how do you put that together? And that's a challenge that at one point, about a year and a half ago, I started facing as well too. I started building my brand up. I started building this, but there was still an element of burnout because I was still doing a lot of like loan officer um, duties. And, and it was getting in the way of actually my growth. And I felt what I wanted to be happy to, because th that's what I started leaning into and with the mm -hmm. book and the brand and everything else. And so that's where then even um, another coach, the book was one coach and another guy I was talking to, and I'll give him even a shout out. Michael Mann is I talked to him 
um, about a year and a half ago. And he was the guy that got me to really encourage me to hire um, my first junior loan officer. Um, and so, I mean, what he said, and it took a couple times for me to hear it. <laughs> and he said, John, does he do that? <laughs> yeah. And he said, John, do you want to get a hundred paid a hundred percent of the commission for a hundred percent of the work? Or do you want to get 70% of the commission for 10% of the work? And like I said, it was like, Oh, I kept focusing on like, Oh, I don't want to lose the 30%. I make a lot of money. Do you know how much 30% is? I got to pay someone else. Boy, that shit could go into my family and my kids. Gosh, that 30% is a lot. And then I talk about my pain points about how I want to grow and how I want to do this and how I want to live a better life and the and a quality of life instead of just a burn and grind and grind and, and work and hard and grind and stress. I wanted to get away to that. And after I'd kind of process it, he again would say, cool. Do you want to make a hundred percent of commission to this? And he'd repeat it yeah, again. Yeah, and again, yeah. I go like, blah, 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 blah. And he'd go again, John. And he'd say the third time. And really the third time over about an hour conversation, maybe an hour and a half. I was like, I want to make 70% commission. He was like, yes, because you're burnout. You've had it. You're done. How can we do that? And I was like, let me know my, and he was like, hire this and this. And because the quality of my life was more important than growth of my business or more money. Right. Um, right. And so but I think it's important to, I think it's important to align your priorities, right? Cause some people love the grind. Some people love, love that. And so, you know, there's so many people that are like, ah, I just grind and I'll just do this. And it's like, cool. If that's what you really love to do, then, then by all means go do it. But at the same time, like, you know, uh, the same thing on the other side is like, you know, I'm the same as you, right? Like I, my quality of life is super important. Hanging out with my family is super important. Doing things with my family is, is, is huge for me. Um, and so that's one thing that I had to learn too over the last pretty much same, same time frame, about a year, year and a half was, was how do I get out of my own way? And it's this concept of smaller piece of a bigger pie, right? Like that the reality is, yeah, maybe in the short term, you'll lose some money, you'll lose some uh, income, but the exponential uh, possibilities open up, right? And so talk a little bit more about how you kind of built your team, what that looks like, uh, you know, now and, and, you know, I know, you know, I'll, and I'll let you kind of speak on that here. Yeah. Well, first of all, who are these crazy people that like the grind, man? <laughs> I get, I'm teasing. I, I know. don't know. I'm I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm I, I'm, I don't like working more than six, eight hours a day. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm teasing. I know. But, but it, it, I think in this business where I just, and I'll answer your question in this business, I think, you know, the, the model in, in the loan officer world is to grind and to work hard and you want to make more money, this, and this, we only have so much capacity, just grind and work hard. And like you said, some people just embrace the grind and the, the, all that. Um, I think those really are the exception, not the norm, because sure. maybe you can have times of that grinding. But in the end, I think most people will say, wow, I want to have a better quality life. So what I did is in terms now to answer your question, what I shifted is I you know, finally took the advice and I hired um, that junior loan officer and paid him 30% of my commission. And it changed my world. It was when you see in that movie, you know, when they take the pill and then all of a sudden, shh, you know, they just, yeah. you know, the matrix, man, that, that's <laughs> what happened. Saw the light. <laughs> that's what happened. When I took that pill, when I made that decision and, and hired him, it just transformed. It, it magic, it just transformed people. Like it just transformed because all of a sudden he was doing all these things. And I interviewed a lot of people call and ask me how I did it. And I interviewed a good handful of people and I just got lucky and I don't need to go too much down that rabbit hole of all that. But luckily got the right person and it transformed my business because then well, I was I, able to focus on what I liked and attract the business I wanted. Well, I do. I do want to touch on that real quick because 
uh, and, and I don't know like how many other hires you've made and if you've made bad hires, um, but, but the, the, the overwhelming response that I get when I try to get people say, you need to hire someone, everybody sucks, everybody this, everybody that, there's no good help out there. So, so touch on that a little, right. And touch on that a little bit, right. Because again, I think that's, that's, that's BS. And I think there's plenty of good people. Um, And I do think, yeah, you you may have gotten lucky, but you know, I think there's, there's, there's something to luck as well, right? Like you have to do something to get lucky. Yeah. I mean, it's about identifying the right people. So I interviewed probably three or four people that, you know, I talked to them and I was eager to hire a person, but just something told me that that wasn't the right fit. It didn't fit with me. And at that point I had such a vision of how I wanted to do it. I mean, you don't just wake up one day going, Oh, I'm doing well and I'm grinding and this is cool. Oh, maybe I'll hire someone. You go through a process of like, I'm grinding this and this. I'm like, I'm burned. I need to change. And there's some driving force that finally like whatever. And so I was eager to hire someone, but I had a very clear vision of what I wanted. And so when talking with those people, there was something, there was something missing. Mm-hmm. And my gut just told me, and I didn't hire and then I did meet, you know, the individual that said that had a couple of things. It's been in the business for five years. Um, he's been in a call center kind of atmosphere for whatever. So right away, I was like, he's got experience. He's talks to a lot of people, does a lot of loans, has a lot of conversations. And he's probably wants to get out of that grind, you know, headset kind of world. And uh, you're like, he's a good guy, man. And we had a drink and dinner one night and all I did is pour on him my vision and even he said let me get back with you <laughs> but he seemed like he was genuinely interested and then after the weekend on monday he said i'm on board and it's funny now he's been with me a year and a half but he said even then when i went home to my wife and my wife said so what's this job about he said i honestly looked at her and went i have no idea this guy talked for like two hours about <laughs> all this vision that he's doing and he had so much passion though and he was so driven and he just had everything dialed in i don't know how i really fit into it but I want to align with this guy. Right. And he goes, and I just, just John, your passion was over. And I heard your vision. I didn't know, but I was excited. So when I came aboard, I was just ready to do whatever you needed me to do and jump in. And that was the beauty. He jumped in. He was able to see enough of my vision. He, so he said, he said, I didn't see the whole thing because it's your vision, but I saw enough and I saw your passion and I was eager to jump in. And um, I'm pretty forgiving. And so I didn't mind losing a deal because it wasn't me. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have that because, I knew there was so much more up here and those, those are little pain points lose sure, one deal sure. here because they weren't. And, and um, it's been great. I haven't pulled a credit report in 18 months. I haven't run DU, uh, you know, automated under, I, I haven't done any of that in 18 months. Uh, I haven't put an application in, maybe I've put in two or three applications, whatever, dude, 18 months. And yeah, you know, I got to say also too, there's people that have done more bit that do more business than me. I'm not some huge mega producer, um, that have done more business than me. And so sometimes even they go, oh, I make more money than that. But I'm like, dude, I haven't pulled a credit report. I haven't run to you. I haven't put out a fire, um, a, a pipeline call with my, I call him my client success manager. I don't call him a junior loan officer. I don't call him a junior loan mm-hmm. officer at all. I think that's d- lowering and demeaning. I want to lift him up, my client success manager. And he's like, John, which I'll brag on me a little bit. He was like, John, we're going to have our biggest month this month. And I was like, what? He goes, we're going to close 22 loans for just shy of six and a half million. Luke, I didn't even know. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know my, I yeah. didn't know my volume. And I just kind of looked, I was like, yeah, you're right. And because he's doing all of that and he's allowed me to continue to be focused on the growth of the brand and attracting other people that want to be on the team. It's, it's been game changing, man. 
That, and that's where it's all about, man, is, is again, right? Like, you know, it's scary at first. You're taking effectively immediately a 30% pay cut uh, without without any guaranteed return, right? And that's, you know, commissions, you've already done that once. You've already gone into a world where, you know, you don't have any guaranteed return. And so, you know, it, it's tough. But at the same time, you know, you've been able to not only grow your business, but I know you also spend time with your family. I know you have, you know, you, you're, you said you were about to fly out uh, to to go to Michigan and I know yep. you spent time out there and you've been able to spend a couple of weeks out there at, at a couple of different times. I think I've seen. So, yep. you know, I think that's huge, right. Especially because, you know, so many times I hear people saying, Oh, I'm, you know, I want freedom. I want this, I want that. And like, and then you, you see what their, what their life looks like and their life doesn't look like freedom, at least right. not to me. Right. Right. Like, Oh, I, I, you know, I really want freedom. And then they're grinding away 18 hours a day. And it's like, I, I get it. Like, you know, I guess you're, you're, you're sacrificing today for life tomorrow, but like, when does that end? Right. Like at what, at what point is it, is it worthwhile to continue that, that grind? And so to me, like, I want to see my kids grow up. I want to, you know, I want to be able to spend time with them. And and so like, yeah, maybe it's going to take me a little longer than the next guy that's willing to work 14 hour days. But, but you know, it's, it's all about, and I think it's important too to align with what your actual vision is and not what everybody else tells you your vision should be. That's, that's that's the big thing there. That, Luke. <laughs> well and, and that's the thing because so many times we get caught in this comparison game uh this comparison game that oh well john over there just is closing six million so i need to close six million well do you though like do you what like what like do you really have to like or is that something that you think you want but the reality is you want to work four hours a day and you know close a million dollars a month and be good with that. Right. Like, or, or, you know, maybe you do want to, maybe you want to do even more, you know what I mean? And, and so we're all different and we all have different goals that, that align differently with our end goals. Right. With, so it's, it's important, man. And so I love, I love everything we've talked about today. Um, well, I got to add one more thing here, Go Luke, for it, man. I, I don't, but cause I think you've done it too. And I do it. All these things have, have, have taught me to face these, the fear yep. and jumping through the ring of fire I don't feel the the licks of the flames like I once did. Not right. that they don't exist and not that I'm still not scared and not that I still don't have anxiety, but now I'm able to process those fears faster. I'm able to move through those things faster because as we kind of started off with in this interview is, you know, 2008, 2009 taught me a lot of painful lessons that I've experienced. And even now there's still other lessons that, that have it, you know, I get people like, Oh, this, this will cost 15 grand. This will cost 20 grand. Do these things. And I'm able to process those things a little easier, which brings a little bit less stress because I've done some scary things. Right and now, I'm almost kind of known as the guy like, wow, John, you know, if it doesn't scare me a little bit, man, I don't know if I'm in, man. I, I want I, I posted a, a quote. I wish I had the quote written down by Evil Knievel, but it just said, if, if a man don't have a little gamble in him, I don't want to know him. That's funny. <laughs> well, exactly. And that's, that's the, the thing is though, like your best investment that you, and I think, uh, what's his name said this, um, the Oracle, the Oracle from Omaha. Okay. Um, Buffett. Uh, Buffett. Yes. Buffett said, that. said that the, the, the best investment you can make is in yourself, right? The more you learn, the more you earn. And so that, that concept there, like go in on yourself because the best investment it's going to invest, you're going to make more money back from investing in yourself than you do in investing in real estate investing in the stock market, in crypto, in GameStop, right? Like, you know, you're, you're going to make much more money investing in yourself and investing in your personal development. So I love that so much. Just wrapping it up here real quick, John, uh, what is what is one, one tip or one thing that you would tell loan officers on how can they grow their business 
Um, do you have any sort of tips on that? I do. I do. I hope it doesn't come off cliche or just kind of flat, um, but I do. And I think it is powerful. You have to find your voice and you have to be um, unafraid to do it. Um, uh, I, I was being interviewed in another, I wish, but they were like, John, what's, what's the one word for 2021 or what's it something? And I said, unapologetic, not looking to be rude, not looking to be brash. Although I don't mind being brash. I embrace brash, but I'm going to be unapologetic. Um, I don't need to say I'm right, Luke, and you're wrong. That's not what I'm talking about, but I want to be unapologetically genuine. And so my tip to them is if you can start leaning into that and start leaning and being as authentic as you can be uh, unapologetic about it, get those limiting beliefs away, because I assure you, you will have detractors and you will have people that criticize you. Absolutely. You will have haters. They'll say, why are you doing that? Who do you think you are? But I promise, promise, promise as the universe exists, it will bring people into you that do attract you and the kind of business you want. And you will have a happier, healthier business. I know it's not conceptually just detailed as, as you like, tactical as, as, as maybe um, you know, might like the answer, but it truly is. Facebook Live, turn it on, be as authentic as you can be, and um, you, people will come to you. You'll attract oh, people and attract well, good business. I will say, I mean, you, you've already given some tactics today, right? You've, uh, you talked about doing video. Yeah. Uh, you talked about, you know, having a book, yep. standing out from other people, having a podcast. Yep. So these are, those are all tactics. And, and I yeah. think, you know, sometimes the, the overarching strategy or the overarching mindset behind it is, is more important in my opinion. Uh, I know people always want tactics um, because, the, you know, but the, the reality is if you can understand the why behind why you're doing something, you're going to actually have the commitment to do the actions consistently that are going to get you to those results, right? Because so many times people, they try something for a month, they say it doesn't work, right? They run ads for a month, it doesn't work. They try doing Facebook lives for a month, it doesn't work. They, you know, they, they try something for, for very little amount of time and then they say it doesn't work. And the reality is consistency is what's going to pay off and understanding why you're doing those things is gonna allow you to be consistent, right? For sure, so, consistency is, is, is huge. And again, that could be cliche, but it is, man. Uh, now I do my Facebook live every day, Monday through Thursday after I work out and do that every, every day, whether I really got a topic or not, man, I, that podcast just springboards it. it and I do it. You're there, man. You're there. And that's the thing, you know, you're showing up on a consistent basis and people see that, right? People yep. are going to see the fact that you're showing up. And, uh, I, I don't think that there's anything that can go wrong with you just showing up consistently for your for sure. team, for your clients, uh, for, for anyone, right? Because, you know, the, the reality is if you can touch one person's life, if you can touch one person's day, even uh, to me, that's totally worth it. Right. And so to me, that's why it's so important to put yourself out there and be you uh, because you don't know who you're affecting and who you're and who you're helping. Right. So again, John, thank you so much, man. This has been a, an awesome podcast, an awesome episode. Um, and thank you so much for being here, man. And so uh, yeah, really just kind of closing out. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. Again, thank you, John, for being here. Uh, have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans On Demand podcast.